Nicole. And this is Sultana, aka Queen. You are listening to Makeup, Breakups, and Martinis. Cheers, you guys. Cheers. <laughs> and our special guest today is Dallas. Say hey, Dallas. Hey. <laughs> hey. And if anybody doesn't know, Dallas is a relationship coach, but we'll get into that. But first, we have to start with our mixer question. And today's mixer question is. So I actually saw this on um, the shade room. So somebody posted, how many times do you get in an argument a day in a relationship and is once a day healthy? Uh, so I have, it's funny, I have a story. <laughs> so we love stories. For 23 years um, before my mom passed and I used to watch them fuss like every day. Oh, <laughs> friends? Hold on, wait, what's the show? You said you did, you watched... A show every day? No, I would watch my parents fuss every day. Oh, oh I thought you said you watched Friends every day. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But yeah, I watched them fuss every day. And one time, I specifically remember my mom was like, "We didn't have an argument today." <laughs> and I was like, "Our husband, my father, was like, uh, no, yes, we did, and they're fighting. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. How oh, are you gonna argue? <laughs> it was hilarious. Wow. Um, but I would I would say I think disagreement is is okay that that's normal and I think that um, you know even being angry about something is is normal um, I wouldn't say arguing so you know seeking to injure someone else uh, emotionally I don't think that is normal to do every day um, but disagreeing is a common thing and that's okay I think so you 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 said that. You saw them fuss every day, and did you feel like it was a healthy thing, or do you feel like maybe it wasn't? Yeah, so for my past relationship, it was not like the horrible, like, I'm in danger, my house is a war zone kind of argument. Right. Um, it, it was just light banter, and, you know, debates were common in my house growing up. Oh, um, okay. So it was like a yeah. healthy conversation. Yeah, yeah. Now, for myself, for my husband and I, and I'll, you know, share more of the story with you as we go on, um, but there was a time in our marriage where literally I would wake up in the morning, I'd go to work, I'd come home, we would argue so bad, my husband would leave the house, I would cry myself to sleep at night, get up, and do the whole thing over again. Okay. Now, that was extremely unhealthy, but there was a time where my house was a war zone, and I didn't want to come home, and I didn't want to live, well, I didn't want to live, period, it was that bad. Um, so, no, that's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it really does depend on the way you're communicating um, and what you're calling arguments, but disagreements are natural and normal. So, what I was going to say is, sometimes I feel like people disagree because you kind of... It's kind of like where, you know, you're ending things where you kind of like make up, not make up a fight, but when you fight to argue, but then you have that passion at the end of the day to like, okay, well, we're both on the same page. Like there's some kind of disconnect and we're fighting over it, but then we're going to, you know, it's that unhealthy. So you're thinking about the toxic, like. You're fighting to, I guess, make up or something? Right, like you're you're fighting to have, to reconnect, if that makes sense. You're having a disconnect to reconnect. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's unfortunate because really there, there's something underneath. So people who are frustrated with themselves tend to lash out at people around them. 
So there's, there's either this undercurrent of I'm dissatisfied, I don't like myself, I don't like the way my life is going, so I'm pissed off and I'm just going to lash out at any opportunity. Uh-huh. You know, people who just like to fight. And if we're, if we're fighting so we can make up, that's a manipulation game. Oh, yeah. That means, I'm, you know, I'm uncomfortable just going to you and saying, hey, I need some attention. I need love. I'd like to turn up the heat, please. Can we turn up the heat, please? Um, and instead, you know, just kind of manufacturing a situation to kind of force that to happen. Um, oh. but you are already, <laughs> you already dropping knowledge. <laughs> wow, that is true. That, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's a good input. Uh, Tana, what would you say? Well, I, well, I've never been married, so, you know. She didn't say she was married. Well, well, no, no. In a relationship. In a relationship. So I don't think I've been in a situation long enough. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately I have. I got commitment issues. That's a whole different episode. But um, I, I just don't know. Like, I haven't really gotten past that romance phase where it got to a point where we're arguing all the time. So I don't know if my perspective is really like it makes sense. But I don't even think you're the argumented type. I'm not, but I do have, I have, I have like shut down. So my thing is shutting down and I'm not talking and I'm not expressing myself. And then someone, I'm like that girlfriend that's like, I'll shut down. And then they're like, I don't know what's wrong. And I never, I never said what was actually wrong. So. All right. So Dallas, what would you say to a shut down person who's not communicating in a relationship? It's the same problem, just in reverse. So when someone's always trying to fight, or when someone never talks, it's the same issue. I don't know how to deal with what I'm unsatisfied with. Ooh. And to be honest, just because you're not speaking out doesn't mean you're not speaking. It's just all internal. So the, the, the internal monologue is going on all the time. And what's dangerous about that is that emotions by itself are subjective. So they're not, they're, you know, a fact happened and then we formed an opinion. The opinion is emotion, right? That's subjective. It might be true, it might not be true, it might be half true. And when, when we don't get a chance to speak out and say, this is what I'm seeing, this is how I'm feeling, there's no chance for truth to come in. So it, let's say your opinion on a thing is like half true, okay, and you don't share. So it just sticks in your head and you repeat that half true and then, you know, more opinion comes that is also half true. So that, you know, we're about 95% in the, in the fantasy land that you're playing around in your head and now you're accusing them of being a monster and really it was a simple misunderstanding that never got talked out. So I remember watching Oprah and Brene Brown. I think it was um, on her uh, Oprah Super Soul Sunday and she was talking about that where you start telling yourself a story and she gave an example, which wasn't an, a factual example, but it was like, she gave an example of her walking away after an interview with Oprah and Oprah probably like, probably like gave her a half hug or something like that i'm paraphrasing it's probably not that but it was something like oprah did that was like uh you know she felt some type of way about it and then she walked away saying oh okay well this is how she feels about me when in actuality she didn't realize that she did something that offended her and then she walked away with the story and she started telling the story to herself and it wasn't an actual story of what actually happened and um, she went on with that and said, well, this, she, this is the way she is because of this encounter when it wasn't really... Interpretation and perception is a bitch. 
Because it's it's whose feelings is validated. All right. So, all right. Before we get started, we actually want you to plug yourself in and what you do and how you actually got started. Yes. So, thank you, first of all, Fulkana and Nicole, for having me on this podcast. Um, I'm extremely honored and very, very grateful uh, to be able to share my story and share what we do here. and just for anyone who would like to join along with what we're doing. So yes. before I was the rebound coach, um, I grew up in, in a very um, stable household. Um, my parents were married 23 years before my mom passed away. Um, and they, I grew up in a faith-based home as well. So everything was very solid. And I saw um, my dad be my mom's caretaker as well. So they were great wow. examples of, of how things could be and could be successful, which was wonderful. Um, at the same time, I was molested from age 8 to age 16. Oh, wow. And that just erratically changes how you see yourself, how you see God, in my case, and how you see men. Um, so so my, the whole vision was twisted. And so you hear people when, they're, when there's uh, sexual abuse for women in their childhood, they either are very, very promiscuous and they're just out there and like, you know, having sex with everybody, or they're very shut down. Right. So I was, I was a shut down version. So just like we were talking about earlier, you know, there was an internal monologue always going, um, but I was very shut in. I didn't feel like I was lovable. I didn't feel like I was worth very much. I didn't feel like anyone would ever choose me um, to be married to. And and mind you, you know, I'm. I'm very enterprising, so, you know, I was doing lots of ministry things, and I was involved in things, so I wasn't, like, isolated, like, in your house and afraid to come out, not that kind. Um, So I was around people, but nobody was really close, and I was not going to ever let anyone in. Uh, That's the kind of life I was living, and I just got to a point where, you know, I was just praying and asking for help and just saying, I don't want to live like this forever. And I didn't want to get married at the time. I was just like, well, I think I should probably date. <laughs> probably should, should date a little. <laughs> and um, and the guy I met, I met on MySpace back in the day. Oh, my God. I was back. <laughs> I'm totally dating myself when I say that. Uh, tell everybody how old I am. But um, So we met on MySpace back in the day. And, um, and literally, he lived around the corner from me. And we had just never met. And uh, it wasn't too long. It was literally the second date. My husband's also very spiritual. um, So you'll hear me say a lot of faith-based things. No judgment, no worries. That's just where I'm coming from. So um, so he's prophetic, and he's like, you're going to be my wife. Second date. Second date. Oh, my God. Wow. And I'm like, dude, no. Right. Second date. No, no. Second date. He's like, you're a proverb 31 woman. You're going to be my wife. I'm like, no, dude. And I'm going to need you to back up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put that in existence yet. 
I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get married or be married. That was not the, my, my goal at the time. I was literally just wanting to be healed of the brokenness. And I knew that I couldn't be healed stuck inside my little cocoon. I had to be out there. I had to be walking in a relationship. Um, so that, it really was just part of my healing journey. I wasn't trying to end up anywhere. And um, after a year of me saying no. <laughs> it's a year, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was what I thought my husband was supposed to be, like the happy ending and the, you know, the, the fairy tale. Yeah. Um, he didn't look like that. Yes. What's one of the things that you were looking for? Okay, so I wanted a rich person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. More to me because I'm a very driven individual. I'm, I like, you know, I like accomplishing things. I'm, you know, I have businesses. I was, you know, I've been coaching since uh, roughly 1990, not 19, not that far. Uh, mm-hmm. 2003, roughly, I've been coaching. So I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm doing stuff, and he just wasn't doing that much. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So, so on the social level, on the you know the level where we would rate somebody successful, he was just not very successful. Gotcha. And because I was so ambitious, I'm like, this can't be a forever match, but. You know, I like how you like me, so we're just going to stick around for now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so we were engaged at the end of the year, and then we were engaged for two more years before we got married. And people say they have this, this you know, honeymoon experience where everything is great and then a gradual decline. Yeah, that was not our story at all. Um, we had our first crisis 15 days after the wedding. Oh, wow. 15 <laughs> days. Yeah, and I, I just had to say, okay, okay, what is this going to be? And uh, and fast forward a year and a half um, after the wedding uh, was our major crisis. So we ended up separating at that time. Um, I had I was the only breadwinner at the time, and I was laid off from the job that I had. So we were just like, you know, how you're waiting to like die after you run out of money. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's where we were. Um, I had gotten pregnant right away, so I had my nine-month-old daughter with with, us, with me, my first daughter. I was six months pregnant with our second baby. Wow. And we were separated. So everything that could happen happened. happening. Yeah. What's the Mary Mary song, Everything That Could Go Wrong? Oh, wrong at one time. Do you know that song, Shackles? Like Murphy's Law? But yeah, it's like that. Yeah. yeah. So really, like, it was it was... Obviously, a really stressful time and a really scary time, and uh, you know they say come to Jesus moments. It was one yeah. of those where I had to just be like, okay, what is it that I? Because I felt really betrayed by God. Like I was pissed at my husband. I was pissed at myself. I was, you know, just mad with the world and really mad with God. And I was like, okay, I'm expecting because I'm a good girl and I did. I followed the rules and I did what I was supposed to do. How the bleepity bleep bleep did I end up here? Right. Like, how did this happen to me? Um, and I, you know, a statistic that is kind of ever present for me 73% of African American children are born to single parents. 73%? 73%. And that's a 2016 statistic, so it's, it's a few years old and it's probably a little higher at this point. Right. Um, which is scary and crazy 
and awful. And I did not want that to be my life. I didn't want to be in that statistic. And I felt like I had done everything I was supposed to do to not end up there. And yet still there I was. I think that's a lot of us, like, when we get in those situations, if it's, like, um, my daughter, she's um, half black, so you do think of statistics and even divorce rates, and it's, like, you don't want to be a part of it, so you do what you can to, to, make, sure. to make sure, like, you're in a relationship, even if it's bad, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I learned in that time, um, I actually wrote a book about uh, it's called Good Buyer Go Through, and because that's exactly what I was looking at, Good Buy or Go Through. Say that one more time, and where can you find it? Yeah, so the whole book title is Good Buyer Go Through, and the subtitle is How to Live Happily Ever After When Life is No Fairy Tale. Mm. And <laughs> you can find that uh, on my website, it's thereboundcoach.com. It's the, so T-H-E, rebound. R-E-B-O-U-N-D, coach, C-O-A-C-H, dot com. The reboundcoach.com. All right, that. awesome. Yep. It's also on Amazon, um, barnesandnoble.com, um, Apple. They don't call it Apple iBooks anymore. I'm not sure what it's called. Okay. I'm not an Apple girl. I'm not an Apple girl either. Well, Apple what? Yeah, so I don't even know what they call it anymore. I'm about to pick up the book. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with, God worked a miracle. That's the best way I can say. You know, I went home not because um, my husband had, you know, conformed to my ultimatum, not because he had, you know, groveled and apologized, not because any of those things. I went back to honor what I said before God. I went back because I felt like God was telling me to go back home. So, so I did. And the friend I was staying with was like, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, God said that to me. That <laughs> <laughs> was a whole other dynamic, okay? So, yeah, there was that. Um, but, you know, it worked out. It worked out, and, um, and and we've been together ever since. It's been years since that time. Uh, my kids, so that the six months in the belly and nine months, they are now seven and eight years old. Wow. Uh, and our family has remained whole. We just, my husband and I just celebrated nine years uh, on the 10th of this month. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Thank you. And it's not perfect, and I don't think we ever arrive, and so I don't want to give the impression that like, hey, if I just go back home, everything is perfect. It's not It's not even about that. And um, I think, I think that about, we respect that because there's not a lot of relationships that's perfect. I think that the whole idea with social media nowadays is, like, things tend to display like they're perfect because you post a picture frequently and that's how it is but we like people who are real and say like hey this is the struggle that we go through and that everybody actually goes through they just don't display it and but you're speaking your your truth what are some of the struggles that you guys had and then the tools that you used okay so struggles we had communication was and is, I think, the major struggle in any relationship. Right. Um, Just navigating around that. We all have sore spots and we all have triggers. And, 
we, if you're if you're ever going to be in something long term, and you know, I coach women around relationships in the dating world, and in our just in our culture and society, it's very you have to serve me. It's very me centric. Yeah, it uh, is. And when you're not doing for me, you got to go because I got to get somebody to do for me. Right. And while that might be a way to live in the dating world, if you're ever going to be married longer than a couple of years, that can't be the way you operate. So in relationships and communication, if I want my relationship with my husband to be satisfactory for the both of us, um, I can't treat him just any way I want to. I just can't say anything I want to say the way I want to say it because I want to say it this way. Uh, it's dishonoring to him. And if I want honor in return, I need to be putting that out there. So whether it makes sense to me or not, if he doesn't need me to come at him like that, I don't need to come at him like that. Words are living and what we put out in the universe or what we sow into somebody else's heart um, takes root and begins to grow. And, um, and if we don't want that kind of fruit, we shouldn't be putting those kind of seeds out. And even if we feel like they're true. So we talked a little bit earlier about internal monologue. You know, I can feel a certain way about my husband. That might be true or it might not be. But in my head, it's true. If I speak those things, and I, let's say I don't want that to be true. If I don't want it to be true, I don't need to be saying it out loud. Right, right. <laughs> I don't need to be treating him that way. And, and... And it's important also to even monitor what we're nursing our own minds with um, because people can feel that. You know, if you've ever been in a situ- even a work situation or friendship where you feel like, oh, so-and-so don't like me. They never said anything, but I don't think they like me. You can feel that in a person and the way somebody might look at you or the tone in which they might speak to you. Even if the words are good, the tone is weird. So the same thing in our relationships with people we love and care about. We want them to thrive. We want them to, to be loving toward us. We need to be putting that out there. Well, yeah, and I, I and I think with your partner, with your life mate, you that's someone that you want you want respect from. So when you say something that demeans them or makes them feel like they're less than, I'm sure like they'll be like, dang, like. If, if I, for me, because I, again, I haven't been in a long-term relationship, but I think about like my parents. Just <laughs> don't judge me, y'all. <laughs> but <laughs> no judgment. And do I not count? Why <laughs> not your <laughs> love? Nicole is my longest relationship. <laughs> it's been like eight years, ten years, probably. I don't know. But um, no, I just think about like your parents, and 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 that's what I can really kind of go from. Like your parents when they say something maybe they don't mean it but that they say something and it leaves an imprint and so if your husband or your you know your wife is saying something it leaves an imprint like man this is how she feels about me and this is your life partner so you don't want to leave that negative imprint where you can't take it back yeah i think there's like healthy ways and unhealthy ways and i feel like if you're it, it just depends on how you're communicating if you're communicating you're like shooting fires back and back and it's all negative uh, you have an unhealthy negative relationship here's my question is it possible though because i mean that's possible really for what is it possible to have healthy disputes because I, I know me and i, I just i think it is possible honestly i have a friend it's really hard and to do he definitely he 
I, I have a friend and he battles me on everything that I say. But I think it's positive now looking back on it. Because right. I was ready to cut his ass off <laughs> from the get-go because we were having so many arguments. But I think that he was just opening my mind to like, just you be- don't have to look one way. There's multiple ways of thinking. And it was just the tone of our conversation and how we were having it. But, I mean, you have to look at the whole conversation. Right. So there was still respect there with yeah. the, the tone of the argument. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Dallas? Like, how do you, as far as arguments go, how do you get to that place of healthy there's, there's definitely, There's definitely possible. Um, and I'm not, I'm not even going to claim that I've arrived because, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're a work in progress. Yeah, and, but there's definitely skills. There's skills we can learn on understanding people and how to communicate with people and it, just people. Like, if you've ever learned sales skills, that is a study in how to communicate an idea to another human being. Yeah, sales. Sales, sales. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm about to take up a class. I know. I need sales skills. The salesmen get me all the time. They know my yeah. love language. And I, look, I'll be happy to refer you to where I learned some stuff. Oh, seriously, like there's there's ways to communicate in a way that's affirming and in trust and not attacking anyone and not trying to make sure I'm right and you're wrong and making somebody feel small. You really, in, at the end of it, if your heart is to keep the relationship intact, then you're not going to fight every little battle. Everything's not worth fighting. Right. Everything is not. And if, if you're really just out to prove how better you are than them, then you're going to fight on everything. You know, there was a skit and and I think it was in Living Color and I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. We're dating ourselves right now. (laughs) In Living Color. I love that show. show. (laughs) I'm probably wrong, though. Okay. Um, But it was a skit where it was like an older um, African-American couple and they fought. Oh, I remember. They (laughs) act like they were together. Yeah, they they were Oh, like yes. everything was good yes. and when they were alone they would fight they were trying to kill each other yes. I know exactly the skin I see the oh people. maybe it's Mad TV no. it's in Living Color or Mad TV it was, it was in Living Color it probably played on Mad TV but it was in Living Color because I know exactly the couple it was one of the Wayne sisters and yes it was, it was. Um, it was. Uh, God I, I'm not going to remember his name I know exactly the skin you're talking about but to your point Dallas like sometimes and I think this is this is like the bigger picture like we walk into relationships with our past and our history so you walk in with what you've been raised with or the trauma that you've experienced yeah absolutely and so you know as we have these generation after generation of fatherless children and then they're they're getting into relationships where they don't know how to trust and they don't know how to you know be safe and let the guard down and and honor somebody instead of, you know, fighting for what they want because they've been in a survival mode for years, for their lifetime. And, and, you know, to ask a man to say, okay, now I know you didn't have a father and there was, you know, some stepdads maybe in your life and I know you don't know what this looks like but I need you to be a husband and father now. But that's a huge task that we're asking men to make. And then, hey, you don't meet my expectations. What's your problem? Right, right, right. It's like, how do I I even begin to meet your expectations? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
how did you get into the business that you did? Yeah, so um, I was already coaching. Um, I was coaching out of college. I coached college students around career and getting into jobs in their field of study. Did that for a little bit. And then when I graduated from college, I was coaching women on business. Um, So I'm an entrepreneur, so I was coaching heart-centered entrepreneurs. Uh, who had just gotten stuck along the process. You know, you, you had a dream, and then obstacles came, and then you just sat down. Yeah. So getting people kind of past the hump and, and on to what they were doing. I did that for a good while, and then my world fell apart once I got married. <laughs> and um, it's like, holy crap, this is really, really hard. And uh, and I didn't have support. So, so I had professionals in my life. I had uh, a faith family, you know, a church family in my life. Um, I had friends. But I didn't have people that said, I will stand with you for your family. Um, the people in my life was like, I will help you get a divorce. I will help you run. I will help you pack. Like, what do you, I, that, that's the help I had. And I didn't want a divorce. You know, I was hurting. It was crazy. It was dramatic. And there were many, many tears. And I didn't, I wanted the pain to stop. I didn't want my family to stop. Right. You know, so, I, I think that's a good dynamic to discuss. Um, so, like, you know, we're always supposed to, or not not everybody asks, but we need to ask, especially, like, people that we know, close ones, um, how are you? How are you feeling? And we don't ask that enough. Like, mental health is such a big issue nowadays, especially, like, I went to a marriage, and the priest asked everybody in the audience. I, I was so touched by this. And he said, you guys were here. You guys are invited to this wedding. because, And so we're all going to make a vow together that we are going to reunite this family. And what and he said it. He said, the devil is going to test them. And when he tests them, we are all vowed to reconnect them, to bring them together. I've never been to a wedding that was... That was dedicated. Yeah, deep, like everybody was involved. Yeah, everybody we are was responsible for their. Marriage. It's not just one, like one union, as in two people. It's one union as the, the whole party invited to this wedding. We are all a union. And this all was like, oh, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I really was touched, and I, I cried so much during that wedding because it is true. The devil is going to touch. Like attack, it's it's yeah. gonna attack marriage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's is good, the evil's gonna come for. And but we don't we don't ask like where do you want to go in this marriage? You want to save it? Let me help you. Right. We're all ready for like, Run. let's go get out. So and and pain is real. So people who love me saw the pain I was in and wanted me. To- to not be in pain anymore and felt like the only way that could happen was if my marriage ended. Right. And I just didn't believe that was the case and I was willing to remain in pain so that my family could stay. And mm-hmm. not that I felt like the pain was going to last forever. There was times I did, but I had hope that it wasn't going to last forever, that we could work these things out. And by God's grace, we have. It's not, you know, it's not over by a long shot. There's still work to do. I think there's always work to do. But my family is, is together and we're whole and it's beautiful. And if, if there's anyone listening in that spot where I was, just know that anything's possible and it doesn't have to end just because it hurts. 
Um, so so that's that's where I was. And once we did, once I came home and we cut, got settled, and my baby was born, and all of this, um, I started um, coaching women around relationships and um, just providing a space where you could be vulnerable about pain and no one's going to shame you into leaving if that's not what you want. And you got to think, you're, you're thinking about spending a lifetime with a person. So I remember hearing this somewhere. It was like, sometimes you can't stand yourself. Like you go through issues with yourself. <laughs> oh, I like that. Right? Like I get mad at me and you got to deal with a whole other person. There's moments where you're not going to like that other person. And that's normal. You're talking about your partner that you're going to spend a lifetime with. Yeah, you're going to go through ups and downs. But it doesn't mean that it has to end, you know, and you have to fight for it. So that's like super dope that like you're like, I'm fighting for my marriage. And you understand that you have to have the right people around you that's going to encourage you and like nourish that. It's got to be both parties, right? That want to fight for it. Yes and no. Okay. So the common, the common statement is it takes two, you have to have two, et cetera, et cetera. So for the longest I think in my husband's heart, he wanted our family also. Yeah. But as far as, like, going to counseling, that wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah, well, he, I mean, he felt like he was going to go get attacked. And maybe that was true. So he didn't want... <laughs> like, uh, no, I don't want to be in front of the firing squad and right. pay them money to do that to me. Um, so so I, I, in particular, create space for women who want to fight for their families and their spouses not on board. Um, because I believe that it's doable. Um, okay, hold on. Let me stop you real quick. I'm going to repeat that. So you fight for women and families whose husbands aren't on board because that happens very often where the husband is not receptive to counseling and like conventional methods of like therapy and healing. So you do that. That's your, that's your niche. Yeah, so I, I prepare women for marriage, so if, if someone is single and they, they don't want the, that 50% divorce statistic, they don't want that to be them, you know, maybe they don't have a good example, they just, you know, they know that the world system is just not good, like it's just not good, they want something different. I serve that woman. Um, I serve the engaged woman that's looking forward and says, you know what, it's, it's got to be more than we just like each other, that's not enough, I need some skills. Definitely skills. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be there, girl, as soon as I find me somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still, I still pay single women as well. They're just like, you know what? You know, I'm not set up for success right now, and I'd like to be. Uh, and then, you know, married Ooh, women right, that are... Well, I got to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all need it. We all we all really do need it. So in, in 2015, I did my first bridal retreat, is what we call it. Uh-huh. And um, it was a two-day conference for women in just about every situation I had. If you're uh, a homemaker, if you're a caretaker, if you're the only, if you're the woman who was making all the money, because that's where I was. Uh, if, no matter what situation you're in, I had a class for you. So that was 2015. We've been doing annual bridal retreats ever since. And um, the really exciting thing, next year we're doing our very first pageant. Oh, pageant. Uh, yes! I'm super excited. It's called the Miss Kingdom Bride Honor Pageant. Miss Kingdom. And it'll be, 
Yes, it'll be September 18th and through 20th of 2020 in Clearwater Beach. All right, I got a couple questions for you. Uh-huh. So what advice do you give to men or women entering a relationship to, to have a successful relationship? Like, be honest, okay? Just, I wish we would stop playing games. Yeah, right. <laughs> because when we put out stuff that we think they want to get them, and then that's not who we are. Man, we do that so often. Think about switch. social media. Yeah, we're displaying a facade, a facade of even of ourself. So it's really hard nowadays for relationships because we're being brought up as being fake. We're not really showing our true selves. We're showing our best life. (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) So So you get down the road from there, and then we say things like, "I had to leave him because I was losing myself." Well, you just try to keep up with the advertisement you put out there. Right. (laughs) True. Yeah. So just tell the truth. Be who you are, and if that's not enough, then that's not the right person. Mm. Just be be who you are, like. Like, for me and my husband, it was important to me that we didn't have sex before marriage. Now, I know that's really, really, really old school. I know, I know, I know. But that was important to me. Okay, so I just feel like, look, don't invite yourself into my clothes. (laughs) So, I'm sure a a lot of people who are listening... They're going to wonder, so, like, what was the time frame from you guys meeting to when you guys got married for the sex to happen? Yeah. So we dated for a year before we got engaged, uh-huh. and another we were engaged another two years. So almost three years. Well, that's why you got two babies. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> it's not impossible, ladies. There are men that will wait for you. You're just increasing your value. I'm serious. Yeah. You're increasing your value. You're like, look, I'm not for sale. You're not going to take me on a test drive. Right. <laughs> you know what, honestly? I think, especially me when I was dating young, I felt like when I was dating, I had to give it up so soon because if I didn't, another girl would. Uh-huh. So. I know it's old school. I know, I know. But, but I think it's a, a lot good of practice. Women- and it's a practice that needs to happen to everybody because it's like there are men that can wait. But you, you're, you're with a guy and you're like, man, I, I hold him with so high value and I'm just going to give it up to him but he could have like four of you and Uh on Monday there's another girl Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and you never know nowadays and the the right guy will wait the right guy yeah that's that's the message right there right yeah because that's, that's fear of being alone. If I don't give you everything to keep you then you're going to run. Well wh- where does that stop? Ooh. What else do you have to do to keep somebody? If you're, you're doing more than you're comfortable with, just be like, no, this is my standard. And if you're with it, great. If you're not, also great. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be to be alone because then you, you're open for the person who will who will value you. I also had like a question when you said you were on your healing journey. How did you know it was like the right time for you to actually date? Um, because sometimes, like, I, I, I feel like I'm in a constantly healing journey. I'm always on this journey, and I just don't know when is the right time. Because I'll date somebody, and I'm like, ooh, I'm not ready. I need to go back to my journey. And 
I think everybody is it's a little different. For me, I wasn't very, I wasn't open at all. So, you know, people would approach me on MySpace and be like, hi, you're pretty. And I'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was so close off. And so, even before I met Isaac, it was my prayer, like, God, this is broken in me. And mm-hmm. I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I'm not saying I can fix myself. I, I can't. I just know that if I don't try, I'll never get to the intimacy I want. I'll never get there if I don't take a step. So it was just me being like, God, I'm open and I'm available. And God sent him. I didn't go searching. I love that. God sent him. So he did he request you on MySpace? <laughs> Some of these kids don't know what MySpace is. Hold on, let me let me break down MySpace. MySpace was the Facebook before Facebook. All right, you guys, Google it. Google it. Oh my god! I know. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Similar to it's the first social media. Exactly. <laughs> He requested me, and uh, and he just said, thanks for the ad. And I'm like, you're welcome. Now I'm in business. So for me, it's like, I'm business. I just work. I just work, and I'm just working. You know, and he started saying, like, nice, flirty stuff. And I'm like, dude, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> he caught your attention. Yeah, and he, he was just interesting enough for me to be like, what's behind door number two? Just, it was just enough to keep my curiosity going, and, you know, we went from there. So my next question is, how did you know, like, he was the one? Much, much prayer. <laughs> like, not even kidding you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so my husband, like I said, he, he is prophetic. He's a prophet. And so for him, he said he knew right away. Um, and I was like, no. <laughs> I told him no a lot. And I was like, as a matter of fact, I need you to stop this marriage talk or we can't even date. Like, that's not where I am, and you're definitely not the one, so I need you to, like, stop it. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I won't talk about it no more. He, he lied. <laughs> but it was so much so, it kind of built some pressure, and, uh, and I started praying about it. And I, I felt like God was saying yes, even when I was like, no, but look at this, and look at that. Like, like this can't possibly work. Um, and God was saying yes, and for me to trust him, and ultimately that's what I did. Oh my God, there's a meme, and I feel like I gotta find it so I can post it for everybody. But it was like, it's um, somebody in their prayer, and they're like, God, if he's not the one, just send me a sign. And they're sending all the signs, they're throwing signs <laughs> at him. Physical signs. And they have like it watering in his apartment and everything. <laughs> like, oh my God. Work out. It didn't look like that. Well, this can't be it. This can't be it. But 
pathways are higher than ours, and he picks the people. So, you know, he made us. He made me, he made him, and whatever our future is, he knows, and I don't. You know, and I just had to trust him. You know what I love about your story is that he found you, and what they say in the Bible is he who finds... He who finds a wife finds a good thing. That and it's just that how your mind was different from who he is. It's like you had this picture perfect man and somehow it's not who he was, but you you saw like what God's giving you and you prayed for it. And sometimes like we give, we don't pray for things like, like things will come into our life, but we're like, we'll decipher if they're gonna stay in or out we don't pray for like did you bring this person into my life for a reason or did they just so happen to come in is this a test what's going on here god like we yeah, just you were willing to, to listen to god and say okay i know this ain't what i'm, what I'm looking, looking for but god, god is this you like and then it could, be, it could be the picture perfect guy and you would not ask god you'd be like oh thank you <laughs> And it would be the wrong guy. Um, yeah. But so, all right. So what you do, you don't have to be in a relationship for you in order for you to be someone's coach. Correct? No. So so we we have a few different ways that you can learn from us. Um, of course, the book. Um, we're doing a, uh, a course called Covenant University. Hold on. Let me repeat that. Covenant University. We're launching, we'll go from January to May. It's a monthly webinar with accountability. It does not matter your status. It doesn't matter. So it's open to everyone. Quick question. Um, and, do, you, do you, quick question. Do you have to start in January or can you start in the middle? It's up, you know, it's better to start in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. It's better if you start in the beginning, but it's okay if you come in at some other point. Um, yeah, so, so we're doing group coaching in that way um, where you'll learn, but not just learning, but accountability. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, being able to kind of troubleshoot and say, look, I tried that and this it blew up in my face. Like, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> yeah, so so that'll, we'll, that's launching in January. Um, and the honor pageant has some very specific uh, criteria. So we have three categories of ladies that can be in the honor pageant. Um, we have a category for women who are single and have never been married before. Uh, we have a category for engaged women who are going into their first marriage. And we have a category for married women who are in their one and only marriage. So not for second timers or folks looking for a second marriage. Okay. Uh, so single, never married, engaged to be married, and married women. Okay. Do you guys do um, relationship counseling? Not so much, um, specifically because I feel like there's a lot of that out there. Uh, that's not exactly what we do. Okay. I coach women. Uh, I have men in my classes, but I coach women, and specifically women whose man is just not with the program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's really the reason, because women, we think, like, if I drag him into this counseling situation, you know, my, my problems will suddenly disappear. That's not the case, and uh, and it, you know that doesn't it just doesn't work for a lot of people. And yeah, and there's nothing wrong with a woman going to counseling by herself. There's nothing wrong with that. And we talk about taking the stigma away from mental health. We should take a stigma away from going to marriage counseling by yourself. 
Like, that you're not a failure. And let me say this, too. For any woman in the struggle, you are not a failure because you want your family together. You're not a failure because you're going to counseling and you're staying and praying. Okay? People talk about that like it's a curse. You are strong because you're staying and praying. You are a strong and powerful woman because you're fighting for your family, and we believe in you. I just needed to say that. Yeah. Yes. That was a mess. There's so many people like, oh, that's that's the weak road. Like, no, boo boo, you got it backwards. <laughs> yeah. She is strong. She is strong and she is powerful, and we believe in her. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was so good. Yeah, we're going to have you yes. plug yourself in one last time. Yes. So thank you so much again. And you can find me, number one, at thereboundcoach.com. Thereboundcoach.com. The yes. Okay. Thereboundcoach.com. We are also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash redeemingthetime. So if you're going to search for us, redeeming the time, like coaching. Um, we also have a Facebook group with, I'm, I just started, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it. And okay. I think people are liking it. And that's team hashtag covenant warriors. Yes. So if you like get down with Facebook groups, check us out. We're pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and also Facebook at redeeming the time life coaching, or you can, you know, Facebook slash redeeming the time. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram, Instagram as the redound coach. I'm new to Instagram, so don't are we, hey, are we following each other? Okay. We're about to follow each other tonight. We're, I know. Right? We're your Instagram page. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm new to Instagram. Oh, okay. okay. New. I was like, all right. It took me a long time too to get well, to Instagram. Well, that's good. I can tag you when we post this. Yeah. Um, what's your Instagram page? <laughs> <laughs> it's the rebound coach. It's on, on Instagram, the rebound coach. The rebound coach on Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so, so much. Nicole, you going to take us out with the I'm outro? A, I'm going to take us out. All right. So thank you so much, Dallas. And thank you for listening to Makeup, Breakups, and Martinis. Follow us on Instagram if you have any topics you'd like to discuss. Feedbacks, you can comment below. Email or DM us at Makeup, Breakups, and Martinis. And please subscribe to stay updated to our next next episode cheers guys cheers thank you so much thank you thank you oh my god that was amazing yes we gotta have you back in person live we just started following you (laughs) it's official bye you guys bye